Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the podcast, we're joined by our president, founder, and CEO, Andy Alsop, along with our director of marketing, Michael Ashford. They're talking to us about Simon Sinek's work around the idea of the infinite game. They share about what this concept is, why we relate to it, and how it feels like a natural progression for our company. They also talk about why it works so well with our existing culture of fabric. In addition to sharing how the infinite game has shaped some of our decision-making, Andy and Michael share advice for those who have experienced more of a finite mindset and are intrigued about the concept of the infinite game. Enjoy the episode. Well, we are back on the podcast. We are excited to have you once again, Andy. How are you doing? Doing great and great to be back again. I know. I get, I get to see you so often now. This is great. And Michael, it's been a while. Welcome back to the show. Well, I'm working behind the scenes. I'm never actually gone. So I'm... We know, but we like to, we like to have you on the show. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. So we're talking about Simon Sinek's work and his concepts and how they have just crept into several episodes recently. So we thought that we should have an episode dedicated just to that. So what's the genesis of this? Well, I think this is one I'm super excited about because I think this is one of those things where there's a different ways. So everybody knows that we're a traction company. And I started to listen to uh, traction, uh, how to get a grip on your business, the thing we've talked about so many times on one of my drives going back and forth between Denver and Santa Fe, because that's where I go back and forth between my home and where the headquarters of the company are. And um, that was more of a book that I felt kind of, it applied, we we needed to do it, we needed to uh, bring that in so that we had a structure for how we were making our decisions, how we were running our meetings. But since then, and, and really closing in on what are our core values, we have been operating the company in such a way that, you know, there's a lot of members of the team who will come to one of the leaders of the leadership team and say, you know, this, this company is, has changed my life. And I'm always like, why is it? What is it that we're doing that is, is causing that to happen? And then I know um, Dylan Berry, our director of engineering, he, he read Infinite Game by, uh, the, the Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. I don't know, well before I did. And I know other members of the leadership team had as well. And it was almost this sort of synergy that when I started listening and watching some of the videos that he talked about, he goes into the five characteristics of what is an infinite company. And there are things like just cause, trusting teams, worthy rivals, existential flexibility, courage to lead. And I'm not going to go into each one of those because those are almost podcasts in and of themselves. So I encourage listeners to really get into the infinite game and watch some of the YouTube videos that Simon Sinek has. But as I went through it, I was like, this is what we're doing. We are running an infinite company, unknowingly running an infinite company because we were really looking at the long game. It wasn't necessarily the finite game. And as he talks about it, uh, you know, a finite game is like, think of baseball or football. There are known players, there are known rules. You know when you win, you know when the game is over, everybody agrees to the rules. In infinite game, there, is, uh, there are no rules. 
the only rule really is that you want to keep playing the game and you want to play for the long game. And so it was really, I, I, I remember hearing it going, aha, this is why we have trusting teams, not because we've been trying to have trusting teams, but just because of the way we run the company and the quality of the leadership team that we have and the people that we bring in and the focus on our core values fabric, which of course is this podcast. So that's kind of how it all came together, at least how it started to creep into the, the psychology of our company. And Michael, what was that like for you when, you know, this sort of started to, to creep its way in and you realized how closely it mirrors what was already happening? And that's what I was about ready to jump in and, and talk about was, you know, Angie just said, we've kind of, if you've listened to any of these podcast episodes, or if you know us here within the company, we do, we run this company and, and this company has functioned as an infinite game playing company. And it didn't take us reading the infinite game to change anything necessarily. What I think is really important for us is like, why now? Like asking the question, why now? Why choose to bring up the infinite game and, and pay attention to, you know, talking about our, our space in terms of what rivals do we have versus what competitors do we have? What is our just cause? It's because we're growing, right? Like, and we want to keep these things intact. We want to keep true to what the company is right here and now as it sits in February, late February, 2021. Those things are important to us and we are a growing company and we never want to lose sight of that. And in the same way that Traction has helped us really model out and build a lot of the, the structure to help us grow, the infinite game is every bit as much important to that. And I've, I've said time and time again to everybody here internally at the team, like, I wish Simon Sinek was my best friend. Like, I, I just want to sit down and have coffee with him because I so believe in every, every piece of content that he puts out. I mean, I have, I have my copy of The Infinite Game sitting right here with me with highlighted notes all throughout it. So I, I just, I think we also subscribe to it and we want to keep it that way because it's that important. Absolutely. And you talk about the team and Andy, you know, you've said multiple times that you really want to create a company where job candidates are excited to apply, they're excited to get the job, and then employees really never want to leave. So can you talk a little bit more about this mindset related to Simon Sinek's description of an infinite-minded company? Yeah, I mean, that is, that's kind of exactly when he started, when I started listening to the concepts, just like Michael said, uh, that's where I started to say, okay, well, it's not just, you know, well, I guess maybe it gave us sort of a definition. Like, how is it that we can perpetuate this? We are a small company. We're not a massive company. We want to grow. And we're, gonna, we're also a bootstrap company. We talk about that all the time as well. That does give us a unique opportunity to grow the company the way we want to. And I think that being able to subscribe to some of these, these uh, simple theories is really important. And there, the one thing that he brings in is something called uh, Simon does, which is uh, shareholder supremacy, something that came along in the 70s and 80s. And what that means is that when you are making decisions, you are making decisions to grow the value of the shareholders' holdings. And by doing that, you are changing. It's very, it's very finite thinking. And if you're thinking more in an infinite game, you are thinking about having trusting teams. And having trusting teams means that Nobody is sitting around looking over their shoulder 
saying, okay, am I going to be the next person who's going to be laid off because maybe that the quarter wasn't as good as it was supposed to be? And so that's how I believe we can take this company and we can grow it from the small number that we're at now and go into maybe hundreds of employees, all of whom are feeling trusting in the company. And it, 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 can, it can continue to perpetuate what we've created and do that in the long term. That's what I'm super excited about, especially when I started to kind of watch some of these videos and, and listen to the concepts. I was like, oh, okay, this is how we do it too. This is, this is the help we need to be able to make sure that, as he even says, we have the guardrails to make sure we're going down the road in such a way that we keep to perpetuating the system that we've already created. Definitely. And Michael, can you just describe a little bit more about what it means to play the infinite game as a, as a larger company and why it resonates so much with us here at The Receptionist? I think it resonates so much with us here at The Receptionist. And we've talked about this numerous times here on the show is so many of us have come to The Receptionist with career trauma. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now are, are perhaps in the midst of career trauma where you feel, as Andy just described, and what Simon describes in the book, you always feel like you're looking over your shoulder, that, that your head is on the chopping block if some arbitrary figure for a quarter or a year is not met that was just decided in a boardroom and some spreadsheets. Like, yes, every business has those things, but how that business then choose to relay that to the employees, the employees' role in that, that can create a lot of trauma when you are at you know, for me in, in my past at a large company where that was literally standard operating procedure, we cut headcount if we don't make our goals and projections this year. And you know what, if we do, then guess who gets the, the bonuses and the, the dividends at the end of the day, the shareholders and the executive team, the, the higher ups. And that's, that can create a lot of mistrust. You know, Andy's mentioned several times, trusting teams is really where I think we here at The Receptionist probably live that out the best in, in terms of those five like core components of an infinite game-playing company. And we just, it resonates so much with us here because we've been on the other side of it. Like we've, we've experienced that and it really, really, I'll say it bluntly, like it sucks. <laughs> and it, it creates a lot of dissonance with you and yourself uh, internally, with your, your colleagues, with it can create dissonance at home. Like, what value am I bringing? It, it can, your job, a person's job can extend to so many other parts of their life. And when they feel comfortable and safe there, that they can provide in a, in a safe and comfortable environment because the company is playing an infinite game and has customer and employee best interest at heart and not shareholder supremacy, to Andy's point. Gosh, I mean, it's, it sounds amazing and it is. And it's not, it's, not hard, it's not easy to get out of that mindset if you're stuck in it. And so that's why we love the receptions. We love working here is because we're, we're not stuck in it. We don't have anywhere that we need to dig ourselves out of. We, we're now just kind of guarding against the other, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the points that stood out to me in one of Simon's talks, and I'm sure he uses this example quite a bit, is he was giving a speech and it was hot in the room and he wanted the air conditioning turned down. And instead of someone just turning down the air conditioning, they had to send a message to, you know, the guys in another city who would turn down the air conditioning. And it was still hot several hours later. 
the point being that people need autonomy. They need to have control over their their own process. And like you said, not be looking over their shoulder. And that stuck out to me as Andy, you've talked a lot on recent episodes, how we're just so focused on what do we control, which in the last six months to a year, that's shifted of really what do we control and putting such a focus on that. So can you talk more about the specific decisions we've made that really would align with the ideas of the infinite game? Yeah, I think it's, um, again, kind of uh, interesting because when COVID came along, we were making decisions. And honestly, myself, maybe other members of the leadership team had, had read the infinite game, but I hadn't at that point. And so we were making decisions like we had the COVID family travel fund, um, which allowed our employees where we would pay for our employees to travel home, you know, maybe not by airplane or something, because maybe they didn't feel safe doing so. So we would say, rent a car, we'll pay for the hotel rooms while you get there. But but get back to family because there was so much disconnect that was happening and so much separation. And so that was something that we did. And we didn't, didn't necessarily do it, you know, with some boardroom mentality of like, well, maybe the employees will feel better as a result. We were doing it because we felt compassion for our employees. Another thing we did recently, and I'd like to continue to do this, is we increased our benefits so that we were contributing more to the premiums, which means less was coming out of the, the, the paychecks of the employees. And that was also something. Well, when we're doing that whole thing and we're not even realizing what we're doing is we are creating trusting teams because now our employees are feeling like, I, I feel like this company actually cares for me. And they care for me as an individual, not just because I'm the person who comes in and does my job, which allows the company to make more money, they care for me because they actually value me as a person. And that is really important. That's what comes down to trusting teams. That's how you build a company. And that's how you make sure a company flourishes. And you should see the customer comments we get because they're like, I felt like I really interacted with a real individual where in many cases you might go into a chat and it's robotic and it's like, okay, hi, how was your day today? Right. And you're like, okay, that probably just came off of, you know, some script or something, and they push a button for response number two, response number three, whereas you're actually interacting with people who are authentic. And that, again, it goes back to our core values, but it also goes back to when you take care of your people, they take care of your customers. So those are just a couple of examples. I want to jump in there too, because something you, you mentioned, control what we can control. Even that is an infinite game mindset. The fact that we told the, the sales team at the beginning of the pandemic, we're not going to hold you to the numbers that we had projected. Don't worry about it. Bring in what you can bring in. We're going to be fine. And just do your absolute best. Control what you can control in this moment, understanding that things are going to get really tough. I mean, Andy, Andy came to me in one of our one-on-ones and said, Michael, I want you focused on only what you can control. And so what are those things? What are those things that you know as, a, as the marketing director and as a marketing team you can control? And let's let the other things just do what they do and, and run off to the side and, and be what they may. But let's have you dedicated and, and really invested in those things where we know we pull the levers, we, we pull the strings or whatever cliche you want to use. And, and we can have an effect there. And that's such a kind-hearted, infinite game-minded approach to management, to 
leading a team through a pandemic or not, that's a, that's a kind-hearted approach to it that I think a lot of other companies, certainly that I've worked at, would not have taken that approach. But look, you've got to hit it. You've got to find a way to hit this number. I know you can't necessarily control it and you don't control the pandemic, but by God, you better hit it. Like that's really, that's really difficult. And I have friends who are still in companies that are like that, that really have struggled during this time to uh, just mentally stay on top of their role. It's difficult. So yeah. Definitely. And that's, it's also really bold too. It's a bold approach, which is one of our values. So how would you say the values of fabric? I mean, I feel like we've already answered this question, but how do you feel like they, they become entwined with the infinite game? Andy, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's, it, it's been sort of this progression where we, we go, we find, you know, we, we discover traction, we discover what we, um, we discover the process of saying what really are our core values. And prior to when we implemented and went on that first day and the work we did in 2017 to, to start on the, on January 1st of 2018, we, I was thinking, boy, is this really going to actually help? Wow. Tell me about it. Now, all of a sudden we do have fabric. We talk about it all the time. We know how to communicate. We know that it's important to be innovative, collaborative, you know, all of them and all of us can, can rattle them off. Well, now you take that and then you take it and say, okay, what are the five characteristics of an infinite company, you know, and, and you take those and you marry them together with the core values. And honestly, without the core values and having known that's where the, where we wanted to take this company, I don't think that the infinite game would have resonated. We still would have been a little lost kind of like, you know, running around without a rudder, a ship without a rudder sort of thing. So I think it's, I think actually for, you know, whatever, uh, whatever brought us to all of these things, putting those two together was in a, in a really key and important part of it. And who knows what's next? I mean, we might find the next thing that's going to help us and we will. There's some things I know I have in my mind, uh, but you know, <laughs> one thing at a time. Yeah. That's an, that's another episode. Hold that thought. Michael, anything, <laughs> anything you want to share about um, our, our values and how they become entwined with this idea of the infinite game? Well, I mean, if you think, if you've read the book, you know, um, Simon talks about, you know, career trauma or playing, working at a finite minded company. And he talks that people who are in that situation resort to uh, lying, hiding and faking. And, and which one of our values aligns with the exact opposite of that? I mean, that's, uh, that's authenticity, right? If you're not lying, if you are being true to who you are, if you're out there in the, in the open, being bold, another value, and if you, if you don't feel the need to fake it till you make it, you're being your authentic self. You're showing up in work and in your relationships as your true authentic self. And I even love... Um, one of the, the five tenants of an infinite-minded company is uh, worthy rivals. And when you, he puts it as, you know, you're not competing because you're not in a game. You're not in any like finite game with, with the other people in your space. People can pop in and drop out at any time. They're rivals. They make you better. And one of the core values that we have here at the receptionist is respect, the R. And being respectful of the other players in the game at that moment of time, even if yes, we're competing with them on a deal to deal basis. And we want to, we want to win that business on that particular deal. They make us better. They expose where we're weak and where we can improve and us vice versa. And I even think how you see 
the other players in the game fits into our core values of fabric in a, in a really unique and interesting way. Yeah. Now you've mentioned this idea of the finite mindset a couple of times, and we've all been at companies where that is the norm, unfortunately. So as we finish up today, what advice might you have for entrepreneurs who have grown up with this finite mindset and especially those companies that have attracted a lot of outside investment. And so they have to answer to investors. How, how can we help them, you know, consider how this may still apply? Andy, what do you think? I don't know. I think that investors for investors, of course, what they want to do is they want to incre- increase the value of what they invested in. If you can, it, it's not very hard to make the leap from the finite game to the infinite game when you're talking to an investor. And I suspect it's interesting because I know that there are traction based investors. There are investors who will only invest in companies that have adopted the traction process. I don't know if it's yet, I haven't heard this yet, and it would be interesting to know if any listeners know about this or let us know, but there may be venture capital funds and private equity uh, uh, groups that have decided that they are going to seek out companies that are running under an infinite game. Because I think, you know, he talks about Simon Sinek, you you might listen to him and say, oh, it's just kind of like this Apple, you know, uh, devotee or something, or, and just wants to follow Apple because he talks about Apple a lot because of their infinite thinking, because it's an excellent example. But he actually, as he goes into the book and you go deeper into it, he brings up a lot of stories of other companies that have an infinite mindset. So the infinite mindset, it doesn't necessarily go to the bottom line. Because you're not saying in this quarter, we are going to generate X number of dollars or whatever it is, this many, many deals. You might want to say there are short-term finite goals within an infinite game. That's possible. But if you can think about what you're trying to do, which is to perpetuate the game and stay in the game and continually get better, then what you're doing is you're actually raising shareholder value in the end. But it's not because you're focused on shareholder supremacy. It's because you're focusing on the different aspects of what an infinite company is. So that's where I think once you get into it, you can even pitch against it, you know, and say, I want to get investment. This is how we run the company. That's what I would, that's what I would say. The final point that I, I, I just was looking up and, and had highlighted in the book here was, I love how Simon talks about a company that is in an infinite game mindset is for something rather than being against something. And I think even just that shift when leaders of companies are talking with their investment or their board, what are we for? And presenting information as we're for this, this is what we want to be about rather than we're, we're against this, we're competing against these people. I think even just that subtle shift in how you talk about the company can help usher in some infinite-minded concepts that can really have a positive, a positive effect on the company. Absolutely. Well, I think we've given our listeners a lot of things to think about, definitely some reading and some uh, YouTube viewing to do. So any final thoughts on the topic that you really want to make sure our listeners hear today? From my perspective, we're just getting started on this. So I don't want to come across as, oh, wow, we've been an infinite company for years or whatever. Honestly, I'll be authentic as A is in fabric is that we're still working on our just cause. 
And we've, we've really worked at a, we have our, our co-founders group, which is Delin Berry and Jessica Marshall. And then we have our full leadership team as well. And we're kind of working this at the co-founder group and um, we're still exploring that. And so it's that, that work that it takes. And so I know we always talk about, we'll do a follow-up episode. And I think we've actually had some really fun follow-up episodes, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's going to be another one is when we've really understood what our, our just cause is. And, and I'm excited. I got, I've got so many ideas about this thing. And I know everybody on the leadership team does too. And we're going to come together and, and we're really going to, to make it work in terms of the just cause and, and what is our why. So that would, that's what I'd say. And I'll just leave it with, um, I think Simon says it so much better than I can <laughs> or, or any of us can. So we'll link in the show notes, uh, some great videos to go check out Simon discussing each one of the five tenets of an infinite game-minded company and go read the book. I mean, it's all there in the book. So uh, we'll link up that in the show notes as well. So people can have some uh, quick access to Simon talking about it as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hearing him talk about these concepts as fantastic as you all are. Um, it's just, it's so great to hear him and his own words. So thank you both. And we look forward to follow-up conversations on some of these topics from today. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. We hope that you take the time to look more into Simon Sinek's work. And we look forward to future episodes where we update you on how it's going for us here at The Receptionist. And if you'd like to check us out for two weeks free, no credit card required, visit us at thereceptionist.com.